Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Brian Blackwell. Now, it gives me a lot of pleasure this morning that uh, uh, a man who has been influential in my life, been a father to me in the faith for, well, since I was in my early 20s, so more than 30 years, uh, he's been speaking into my life. And uh, it's been him and his wife have been an amazing blessing to me. His wife's name is Kath. His name is Brian. So let's welcome you up. This is Brian Blacklock, everybody. Good morning, Brian. It's great to have you here. Uh, you've, uh, Brian's been watching us faithfully for the past, well, nearly year now. Uh, online, and you've joined us here in the summit since last September, yes. since we went live from here. And boy, we prefer that, don't we? Uh, but uh, what's it like to experience it, you know, from the other side of those cameras then, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when there's the whole church. Morning, church. Yes. But I'm looking forward Very to Very minimal congregation yeah. here. But it's, uh, oh, I can't tell you the excitement I got climbing up the stairs to come in to, you know, after all the weeks we've been here. Yeah. It's great I should clarify that, by the way, minimal congregation. It's the team that's making it work. We're, we're not generally open. Um, Brian, you've moved from Leicester yep. to Scarborough. Yep. You had a, a whole world to choose from. Your ministry has touched people all around the world. Why did you come to Scarborough? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think a lot of people have been asking that question. And uh, Yeah, we've been here five weeks. We moved the week before Christmas. Um, chaotic journey, but we got here. But why have we come? I mean, there's lots of reasons why we've come. Um, I'll just, I'll, let me share with two or three. First one is, um, we are northerners. <laughs> We're from County Durham originally. Our family are in County Durham, and we are northerners. And the Lord, for 40-odd years, has not let us get back north. But as we re- reached retirement, we felt we wanted to come back north, but, and also because both of us have kind of underlying, some underlying health issues, um, being by the coast uh, is beneficial, and I can't tell you the difference the last five weeks have made to, cl- to breathe clean air again, and not the Leicester smog, so we're benefiting from that. This, this did, did you know that Scarborough has been, uh, in the world, uh, known as a town of healing for about well, 400 years, well, we, that yeah. started with a spa down on the on the seafront, and uh, you could go and partake of the waters. Yeah, uh, we've already met two ladies on the do- walking our dogs who every morning are in this suicide club called the Scarborough Bells or something. What, and they swim? And they throw themselves oh. in, the, in the North Sea well, every more morning. more to you, ladies. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've turned down the invite. But, uh, oh, Brian, you're from the North. But, uh, yeah. If you're from County Durham, aren't technically you living in the South at the moment? Yeah, it, somebody has to, really. But, <laughs> the sunny climbs yeah. of Scarborough. Yeah, but the other thing was, um, as we were praying about it, about it over the past few, since, since we came back into Britain in 2012 from overseas, we've been travelling backwards and forwards to Scarborough, uh, we, we, used to go, we went to Lamplu a couple of times for um, retreats, we started getting involved with um, the student group that was here at the time, coming to the church, being, coming to um, this conference here, and then to August, and, and as we've come, we've genuinely felt uh, the community and a welcome from the family here, and one of the things that we've been, we're praying about in, in, in our latter years, if you like, is that we, we need to be part of a community. We, the job that we've done for 40-odd years, working with an organization called The Navigators, 
has meant that working with students, working with um, ministry leaders in the last 15 years is we've always had a, not, we've been kind of separated from the church community. We've generated a community around us. And as we get older, we need to be in a community. And I'll just show you one little story. We, we were driving up here. We sold the house in August in Leicester. We'd, uh, on a Thursday, on a Friday, I booked some appointments to visit, view some houses in Scarborough and drove up on the Monday morning. As we were driving up, the house we now live in came on the market. Absolutely. Uh, Paul and Kate were in Harrogate. You were, you were away for a few days. We stole their house. And um, I got a ping. Hey, you know, I said, hey, this, here's one. And he pinged back and said, looks good. And as we drove into Scarborough, we realized we'd forgotten some things for the dog. So we pulled into a, a doggy, a pet supermarket. Um, not advertising this morning, but we pulled into a pet supermarket to buy some things for the dog so that he didn't leave presents on Paul and Kate's floor. And, um, Very pleased about that. And we're getting to the checkout, and this voice shouted, Brian, Kath, have you moved? And we looked, and it was Martin. It was obviously he didn't, <laughs> it, buying stuff so that probably his dog didn't leave things on Paul and Kate's floor. But he said, have you moved? I said, no, we're looking for, we, we've come up, we sold the house, we're looking at some houses tomorrow. And he just stopped there in this doggy supermarket, a pet supermarket, he just stopped and said, I'm going to be praying for you that God gets you the house that you want. Yeah. Come on. We moved... We moved into the first house we looked at. And so that was the second. So we're looking forward to being part and of it. And it is a very nice house. It's a very nice house. They overlook the sea and everything you'd want to move for Scarborough and everything you were looking for in a house, yeah. really. I mean, you've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, once the renovations are done. You've got the central <laughs> heating going in next month. Great month for central heating going in, don't you think? And, uh, <laughs> so, that was, so we're looking forward to being, you know, and we'll, to welcoming as many people oh. as in our home. By the way, yeah. well, they can't come just yet, but, you know... Hang off a few weeks <laughs> until we're out of lockdown, don't just... But no, seriously, um, very serious point here, Brian. My mum says, it's really great to see you again oh, after all these years. <laughs> Margaret, God bless you this morning. You know, I pray that the blessing of Jesus will be on you. It's looking forward to seeing you one of these days. She probably hasn't seen the two of us together no, for, for a long time. For a very yeah, long time. Yeah, amazing. Um, the two of us together again. Yeah. Well, Brian. Yeah. Um, no, I want uh, one last question. Yeah. Um, one thing you're known for, although it's kind of a secret known, uh, you actually mentor and have mentored many leaders over the years. What, when you first started with a, a leader, what in amongst that first meeting would be one of the first questions you would ask them? I, I didn't prepare him for that one, so yeah. it's just, yeah. his brain's just um, I'm actually, It's actually, it's kind of in what I'm going to share this there morning. There you go. But every time I meet, I've had the privilege of, of the last five years of mentoring some, some of the pastors and the leaders in the most big churches in our city um, and leaders within navigators, when I meet with them, every, the first thing I always ask them is, what did Jesus say to you this morning no, man. when you spent your personal time with him? I knew he'd say that. And I, don't, I do not want to hear what you're preparing to preach next Sunday. <laughs> I have seen goldfish expressions on some of the godliest men. <laughs> I did it with one pastor. He's a wonderful friend. And, I did, and I, the first time we started meeting, and uh, he, we had, after we had the, I felt like a priest. We had the confessional time. And, uh, and anyway, we met, met the next week, and he was ready. He was really ready for me. And then he said, I did it with my elders in the elders meeting. He said, I had learned so much that day about my, the, my elders' walks with God and things, and things. But that's what I do with everybody. 
And uh, I'm going, to, does. Be, I'm so going to be talking if, about if that. If you ever arrange to have a meeting with Brian, make sure, if no other morning, although preferably not that way, you've got a word from God, a scripture from God, something God said to you that day, because he'll probably ask you, Brian, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing the word this morning. Praise God. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank you. Let's Bob. go over to Brian. The other thing is exciting is I've put three and a half thousand steps on my Fitbit during the worship. So that's woo. <laughs> and Paul has said that you know, I've only got two hours to speak, so I've got a timer on. Oh, yeah, I thought you would. Praise God. Um, Kath and I were privileged for many years to be um, missionary associates with a church in Nottingham, which is where we uh, were when we first met Christ, or when we, in our early days as, days as Christians. And uh, they adopted us as missionaries when, and for 40, 40 years. And uh, when, you go, when you preach in that church and you get up to the pulpit, there's a little plaque on the pulpit in bronze. And I've seen some great preachers over the years stop when they read it. It just says, we would see Jesus, please. We don't want to hear your eloquence. We, don't want to, we would see Jesus. So I just would like you wherever, now just to pray with me. When the, the, my prayer this morning, my desire, is that you don't just hear the scriptures, the, the written word. The whole point of any kind of journey like this is to go into the scriptures until you meet the living word. The word became flesh and made his home among us. And so we want to see Jesus. Amen? Amen. So just please pray with me. Gracious Father, this morning, would you open our eyes so that we can behold wonderful things in your law. We want to see your son Jesus. Behold him in his beauty. Understand the words he's saying. And we want him to change our lives so that as we walk with him in the world, we can have that assurance of his awesome power, his wonderful love and his embrace. So speak to us this morning. Speak to each one of us in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Having moved house uh, just before Christmas, we're now in the process of preparing lots and lots of renovations. And there are lots and lots. Uh, it, Kath said it looks like a 60s B&B house, and uh, it does a bit. So we've got lots of brochures that we're playing with. Uh, it's amazing when you have some money to spend, how people take an interest in you in shops. And uh, we've got lots of brochures offering us paradise and wonders and things. And so uh, here's one that we've got on multi-panel, on different tiles and flooring and things you can put in bathrooms and, and kitchens and things. Uh, I've had fun contrasting shades and colors uh, that you can put together. And just, I mean, just be amazed. You don't even go into bathrooms now to have a bath. You just go into, just be amazed at the, at the coordination of the, and the experience of the money that you've spent making it look like this. <laughs> the only problem I have with these books is that I am a man. Being a man, I am limited to only 16 colors. So I'm having a problem harmonizing colors and shades. I feel I have taste. I've come to realize it's bad taste. I love bright things. If I was to have free reign in these booklets and pick my choices, it would be awful. 
Fortunately, I have a brilliant wife. Kath is just, she's a woman. She, she's just incredible at doing these things. And when she chooses them, they all match and they blend. And you, like they were, I mean, I have a wife, she understands that mocha and cappuccino are not coffees. They are shades. <laughs> She's fancying one in here called Arctic Stone. What's that? I've, I've lived near the Arctic. They're black things, you know, covered in snow half the year. There's one called Bianca Luna. What on earth is Bianca Luna? But anyway... When it's all finished, I'll just sit there and wonder at the mystery of life and the wonder of my wife in choosing all these things. I'm sure for men, you, you guys are nodding. So I think 16 colors is a terrible curse on mankind. The journey of being a disciple of Jesus is also similar. It brings us comparisons and contrasts all the time. And we need to be able to discern those things which are awful and those things that are good. Things that are true, things that are false. And also on things that are true, sometimes because God in his wonder builds these jewels of perfection in front of us, we sometimes need to learn to look at things from a different angle sometimes to see the beauty of what God's trying to bring out so that we get balance and harmony in truth. So, for example, I have come across a number of believers over the years who sincerely will say to me, you know, I am a sinner who's trying and working hard at becoming a saint. A sinner trying to become a saint. And, and I, I sometimes am, I watch with admiration at the effort they're putting into it. But, you know, the Bible doesn't teach that. That's not true. The Bible teaches us is that we are saints who sometimes sin. The difference between the two perspectives is that if you, if you hold on to that first one, you, you get trapped into a life of legalism. You feel that you're never good enough. You, I work hard at something and then I sin and I blow it and I've fallen again and I've got to go. It's almost like you go back to go and you have to start all over again. And we keep stumbling in our walk. But the other way, looking at the Jesus way, it leads to a life of joy and freedom. It opens up new possibilities as we journey. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, Paul begins to contrast our, the way we were before we met Jesus with the way that we are now we have met Jesus. And he says that once in your earlier life, you were, there was idolaters, adulterers, you were thieves and all sorts of other things. And, he says, and then he says, and such were some of you. But, and don't you love buts in the Bible? But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the, and by the Spirit of God. I think that verse should have, would come up magically in front of you. Yes, it did. Ooh. You were washed. You were sanctified, you were justified. You were a child of the living God. Isn't that amazing? In Matthew 15, Jesus meets, there's a lovely encounter of Jesus with a Canaanite woman who rushes up to him and falls at his feet and begs him to heal her daughter. And Jesus tests her faith just to see what her response is. 
It looks sometimes quite harsh of Jesus in the scriptures, but it's not. He's testing her faith. And he makes a comment about you don't, throw, you, don't, you don't give the good food to the dog. And as quick as a flash, this lady responds by saying, hey, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. And you can just feel as you read the scripture in that point, Jesus just beaming with joy and the smile coming on his face. And, he, and in great joy, he says, woman, your faith has, has, has healed your daughter. And it says from that very moment, her daughter was healed. In some Christian traditions, and in the Anglican tradition I've been involved with for the past few years, and the Catholic tradition and various others, they take this woman's words and they've turned it into a beautiful prayer that they use before communion. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs that are under your table, merciful Lord, as they come to you. Now, it's a humble, beautiful prayer used in the right way. But the other contrasting truth from Jesus that I've tried to point out is actually you're already washed clean. You are worthy. You have been clothed in beautiful raiment, white as snow. You've been adopted into the family of God. You are all sons of God. And you've been given a seat at a banqueting table. And I know it's very old, and some of you guys in the worship group weren't born when this came out, but, you know, but he brings me into his banqueting table, and his banner over me is love. Is, was the old, one of the old songs we used to sing. It's so true. The Christian journey is a wonderful road that we can go down. It can be liberating. It can be full of beautiful contrasts and shades. This morning, I want to encourage you, and I want to really encourage you. I'm bringing a word of encouragement this morning. There'll be a challenge in there. It's not, you know, heck, you don't get your money's worth without a challenge. But I want to encourage you, as you look into this year ahead, 2021, we still haven't, we're still in the first month, and I want you to embrace one of the beautiful contrasts, because I'm going to contrast the journey of discipleship, two ways of looking at the journey that we're all on, of following him, and as he makes us into fishers of men. Now, Pastor Paul, over the past few weeks, has been speaking on Numbers 13 and 14, Catherine and I have personally found it very challenging because I hate it when you have to surrender to the Lordship of Christ again and then again, but we have. It's been excellent. But he brought out the contrast of these 12 men, these 12 leaders who were sent on a mission into the, into the promised land to spy it out. And they come back and we have Joshua and Caleb on one hand and the 10 others on the other hand. And this discussion starts going on about fruit and giants. And Paul was talking about last week about how we're all beautiful figs. You know, the fruit and the giants. Well, we all experience both. I don't know about you, but we've had blessings of fruit throughout our lives. But there's also been some awful giants who've turned up to try and kick us and knock us down. See, but the challenge that Paul brought out at the beginning, remember the, in, when um, Numbers 13 starts, he said three words. Remember? The Lord said. And that was what marked this man Caleb out, wasn't it? For Numbers 14, 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Caleb wasn't focusing on the fruit and on the giants. 
He was focusing on the fact that the Lord had said. That was the contrast on his journey. I love it. 40 years. I mean, read on. The story is fantastic in Joshua. Caleb, was it, he's 80, long, 85, I can't remember. He gets into the promised land and he comes up to Joshua and he says, Josh, just want you to know the Lord, you know, Moses, through the, and, uh, the Lord spoke through Moses and he made me a promise that I was going to get some land. I could have a pick. Give me Hebron. He says, you study Hebron. It's full of giants. <laughs> These guys that they spied out. Hebron was a tough town. He said, I'm, I'm ready, and he goes and he takes it. Why? Because of the Lord, the different perspective. Anyway, Paul finished off the other week and challenged us. Joshua 24, 15. Choose this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And Kath and I stood as you took it and prayed as we, in our living room as we did that. So as you look ahead to the year 2021, with all its uncertainties, I can guarantee you there will be fruit and there'll be giants. And there'll be giants lying in wait just to trip you up, sit on you and say, you can't, no, you're not moving on from here. But how will we walk down that journey will depend on who we're walking with. What's on your heart this morning about your personal relationship with Jesus in 2021? Because here is a contrast I want to bring to you. I genuinely want to walk with Jesus Christ every day of my life. I want to grow in my understanding and my love for Jesus. I want to be a faithful disciple. Me, 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 me. I really do. I'm inspired by scriptures that urge me to run my race with perseverance, to press on towards the goal so that I might become like him. I, I've got them all memorized. <laughs> So I always set myself, every year, personal goals. That's last year's. Keep them in my Bible. Spiritual, uh, community, health and well-being, and personal ministry. Set them every year. And I usually stick to them. The reason is, is that that's my character trait. I'm like that. I'm a person who likes structure. I like order. I like control. Some people, like a person I'm married to, call me a control freak sometimes. I don't think, I just think it's the way the world should be organized. But it's who I am. And so it helps me, and it's a good thing to do. As you know, I've even written materials, this is the only plug you're getting, that, that help people to do some of those things as well. Available in all good bookshops. But if my measuring stick is how well I am doing at meeting my goals, I've just become the sinner who's trying to become a saint. I can meet my goals and not meet Jesus. You know, yeah. They're helps, they're tools, they're aids. They help me with my character. So while I do all these things, I need to keep my eyes on the contrasting truth. And this is what we're going to focus on the rest of the morning. Because it's breathtaking. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's full of wonder. It's the amazing sunrise every morning in your life. Because it's this. Yes, I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know my heavenly Father. But the other contrast is, so does he. He wants to know me. Jesus Christ wants to know you. 
The Father wants to know you personally. In fact, he, they, he wants to know you more than you want to know him. If you only took, learned to look around the other way. This Christmas, the beginning of Matthew says that we celebrated the birth of this baby and the angel said, you shall name him Jesus. You shall name him. His name will be called Jesus and they call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his home with us, among us. John 3.16 is probably the most well-known verse in Christendom. Sometimes it's the only verse a lot of Christians know. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God wants to know us. One of my favorites, John 14, 23, Jesus said, he who has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And then this is the important bit. And whoever loves me, I my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, with them. That's the, what the verse is about. The walk of obedience is learning to be at home with the Father and his Son and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, the last thing that Jesus said, the command to the church, the great commission, go into all the world and do this. And Christians for centuries have been going into the world and forgetting the last bit. The important bit is, and as you go, surely I will be with you always even till the end of time. Isn't that amazing? God's presence, he wants to be with you. God wants to spend time with you every day. Now, if that doesn't get you out of bed, I don't know what can. So I'm going to give you three verses, three of my personal ones. I ended up writing a book on it. No, no plugs. But there's a book of love in the Bible about a, husband, a man and a woman telling each other how gorgeous they are to each other. It's called The Song of Songs. I recommend it. Every married couple should make it, you know, probably at least once a year, read it to each other. I've just shot myself. I know I've got to do that now. Um, <laughs> Song of Songs is this wonderful love letter between the lover and the beloved, but it's also a picture of Jesus and how he wants to be with his people. That's the beauty of Scripture. Song of Songs 7, verse 10, is, says this. I, and it's, the, it's, the, it's us in our response to Jesus. I am my beloved's, and his desire is for me. Out of all the people in the world, he picked you. He picked you, and his desire is for me. His desire is for you. Stop and reflect on that for a moment. The God, the Lord who made the universe who causes every breath to come in and out, in and out, who, causes the, who feeds the sparrows on the ground. We've got sparrows in our hedge outside our house. I can't tell you how wonderful that is. I haven't seen a sparrow in Leicester for 10 years. And we've got, they're all in Scarborough sitting in our hedge. It's incredible. I get so excited doing the, looking at the sparrows. The God who made the universe, who's holding it all together, who could be so busy doing so much, wants to spend time with you. Just telling you how much he loves you because he's a loving father. Every day, a new day begins and he's waiting, eagerly desiring to meet with you, hoping that you will seek him out. Isn't that great? How tragic 
when we stand him up. How can you miss such an opportunity? If your best friend invited you out for coffee or a walk along the beach, or in my case, a walk with a dog, or go out to go up for a meal, etc., you would make the effort and you'd be there, wouldn't you? Because it's no effort at all when you're meeting with friends, when you're meeting with people you love. Well, Jesus wants to be with you every day, and every day is different. Verses 11 and 12 of Song of Songs 7 says this, Come, my lover, let us go out into the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go out early into the vineyards and see if the vines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom. Let's just enjoy this world together. And you know what? There I will give you my love. And he does. As we walk with Jesus every day on the path that he's arranged for us, and it, that path sometimes, Jesus says, it begins really quite narrow. But as you walk that path, it begins to broaden out. And lining that path, the revelation tells us there are trees. And they bear fruit. And they heal the nations. And they bring gifts and they bring good things as you walk on that journey. And some days you walk out, there might be just twigs. If you look at the moment, there's just twigs. We were getting, Kath was getting excited as we were walking along a hedge and it was, they were just, all the twigs were covered in green lichen and it just looked beautiful in the light. But there's twigs. Sometimes there's, you know, any day now, it's going to happen. I, I found some snowdrops. They come out late here in Scarborough. They're, they've been out for about three weeks in, down south. But, you know, the buds start to open. Green shoots, the birds in the hedges, the fruit on the trees. There's always something different. It's always unique. And you don't need to fear the giants when you're walking with Jesus. My Jesus is enormous. You know that song? Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. Nothing that he cannot do. So let me take, encourage you this year. Take some time to walk with Jesus on that path. I want to share some things that helped me, just some personal helps that helped me with my time with Jesus. And I'll do it quickly. I have a framework, and it has the same elements in it all the time. I begin each day by just talking with the Lord. Morning, Lord. It's me. I'm a mornings person, so it's, um, that's when I start my day with Jesus. It's me. I thank him for all sorts of things. Sometimes I just thank him for look what's out the window. Thank him for family, for friends and things. And I just begin, Lord, will you just help me get through this day? I don't know what's going to happen. Just help me. Then I read a few verses of scripture. I just read a few. Sometimes I use a reading plan. I've got it in, with me. Sometimes, but I just pick and ask the Lord, just, Lord, I just want a bite-sized chunk for a while just to chat with you about. Would you open my eyes to what, you, to what this says? And I begin to talk in it read it and I begin to meditate I go over and over and I prayerfully go over and over Lord what, what, what have you got me for me today I don't want to get some theological super thought that might be nice but I just want to know what you're going to say and then I begin to write it down I have a journal it's my journal and I begin to write it down I don't write down too much because I get disappointed with the full so this is my journal this is what I wrote down this morning in Matthew's Gospel. And I begin to write down. It's so important. As the Spirit speaks to me, I begin to write it down. And then I pray it over. And I say, Lord, I'm going to take this into the day. 
help me to share it with people, help me to, you know, to, to live by it, or whatever it is, and then I go off. It can take just a few minutes. When I first became, met Jesus, somebody gave me a leaflet saying how to spend seven minutes with God. I thought, that was, how can you spend seven whole minutes? What are you going to do? And very soon I was super spiritual. I was up to 10 <laughs> minutes. I've been doing this every morning now for 45 years, 46 years. And my normal time is about 45 minutes now before I, it, it, the dog is telling me he has, he, I have other priorities um, and things. But it's then about 45 minutes. Then I can read more chapters. Then I can do Bible study. Then I can pray for others and I do all these. And I do. But that's my time with Jesus on a morning. It's grown. I also love to share it, as Paul's mentioned, with other people. I often ask people to share with me. If you begin that by sharing that at the beginning of a conversation with people, it sets the aroma. It's like putting the coffee machine on. It, there's a, a smell comes in the room, doesn't it? And, and you smell the aroma. And it, sets, and it sets up how that conversation goes. It's brilliant. It's great for church meet, you know, like committee meetings and things because you get the business done just like that because everybody's feeling spiritual. This year, I'm breaking out of my control, so I'm trying two new things on a morning. So I have this DVD of Matthew's Gospel. And so every morning, I'm going through Matthew at the moment, and I, I play a part of the DVD. I have, I have quite time with a guy called Bruce Marciano now who's playing Jesus. Wonderful. I'm having a great time. And then I do my normal thing. As we were packing to come away, uh, to leave Leicester, I found... These things, uh, 30 years ago, I bought, the, they're called Every Day with Jesus by uh, Selwyn Hughes' bunch. And this is through the year with the life, on the life of Christ. So I thought, hey, I'm going to, so when I finish Matthew, I'm going to spend the year with, with Jesus. Same format, but you can vary it. I have a friend, he's for the worship band. I have a friend, a wonderful friend, who is a worshipper. He cannot write things down in a notebook to save his life. But he, he's a worshipper. He, he's a beautiful pianist and he plays guitar and he sings. You know, because the, these worshippers are horrible. They can do all sorts of things. Very annoying. So what he does is he, sometimes he, he, he reads a few scriptures and he plays his piano in the spirit. And the Lord gives him a tune. He sent me one recently and we cry as, as we listen to it. It was it just anointed. If that's your thing, please do it. I have friends who write poems. I have friends who are artistic and they draw things. I can't, you know, mine would be like your four-year-old coming back from nursery. <laughs> Look what I've made, mummy, daddy. You know, but, uh, but they do it. I have friends who go for a walk and take the scriptures with them. It's brilliant. Kath listens to a, 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 like a podcast every morning from, uh, from like uh, Iona and, and um, people from a, more of a, a, an, a, you know, a, an orthodox background. It's brilliant. So let me encourage you. To jot down what the Lord says, it's always important because it helps you remember and it gives you things to share. And over time, you can look back and, think, and see the Lord's pattern, what he's, the, the paths he's opening up. So make 2021 a year when you receive the love that God has for you, church. He receives the things he wants to share because he wants to spend the time with you. Spend the time with him. The life of discipleship is not so much what we do for God, but what he will do when we let him be, be at home with us. Take others on the journey. In your house churches, let me encourage you, in maybe one of the Zoom sessions, 
prepare people, but maybe in one of the Zoom sessions, begin by letting people share. What has God been saying to you this week, if Jesus said to you as you spend some time with him? It just might be just one sentence. It might just be one, he just said he, just said he loves me. Boy, that's not bad. Remember who you're talking to. Ask friends to share what the Lord's been saying to them with you. You have freedom to ask me anytime, what did Jesus say to you this morning? And I'll tell you. Because it, it holds me to be my best too. So Lord bless you in doing this. Let's have a great year. Eating the fruit in the vineyard. Walking on the road he gives us. And God bless you. Paul. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Good word, eh? Praise God. As I said, what he would say to leaders, what did you get from the Lord today? What would he say to anybody? What did you get from the Lord today? We're very blessed to have Brian and Kath come and join us. And I know uh, some of the family are watching. Your brother Trevor is watching, yeah? And your son James and all their families as well. So it's great to have you with us as well. Um, James, the last time I saw you, I think you were about 12, so you probably changed. Now, I have seen you as an adult. I still pitch you about that age, though. Um, praise, sorry. Uh, praise God. What a great day. Let's um, take hold of what Brian said today. Let's take hold of some of that encouragement and allow it to be built into our lives. If you, if you go back and listen to the messages that God has brought through the different people as we've met this year, you'll see that there's a thread running through all of them of God encouraging us to get away with him. Uh, as it says in the song, song of Songs, come away with me, come away with me. Uh, come away with Jesus. It's that time with Jesus. We are coming into a time of great fruit and that fruit can only come because we are fruitful, because we are full of the fruit of God and we are full of the Spirit of God. And, and it's nothing to do with us specifically, it's to do with who God is. And it's, who, it's not to do with you know, whether we've had a great education or you know, whether we are born into a wealthy family or, or anything, any of the other worldly privileges which we may have or not have. They're actually, in Christ, irrelevant. What's important is that we've been chosen, that we've been called, and that we are in him. We are who he says we are. Amen. You're a wonderful group of people. Have an absolutely fantastic week. If you want to sow into us financially, you can go to kingdomfaithyorkshire.com and there's a button at the top of the page or you can go to our Facebook page and at the top of all the comments, there's something there. And also, if you just want to give right now, why not press the like button and subscribe if you've never done it before? It makes a tremendous difference in how many people get to hear that message. And it'd be good to have a lot of people hear that message from this morning. So make sure you like it as well. Have a great week. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.